Thank you for tuning into our latest episode of Smart Homes, the podcast. Brought to you by Smart Homes, your guide to a connected lifestyle. My name is Alana Ferry, and I am the associate editor for Smart Homes. COVID-19 has undoubtedly turned the world upside down, including how consumers spend their money. Steve Koenig, Vice President of Research for the Consumer Technology Association, otherwise known as CTA, recently sat down with me to discuss all the ways that the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted consumer spending habits and how it has accelerated change, most notably in the smart fitness and automotive sector. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Steve. I'm really excited. I uh, I attended CES for the first time this year, and I watched uh, your the presentation you did on trends for 2021 and was very interested. And so, you know, I'm really curious about, you know, maybe if you could kind of reiterate about what kind of con- consumer trends that you have noticed in the smart space in the last, you know, year or so. Well, thank you, and uh, delighted to have you in attendance at the All Digital CES 2021. Uh, just just uh, so you know, we are planning for an in-person event in 2022, along with kind of a, a hybrid sidecar uh, event as well, that hopefully we'll all be able to gather back in Las Vegas. But to answer your question, yeah, there, there's so many trends, but strategically, I think the major theme is really two words, digital transformation. And this is not only of the enterprise, but also consumer households. And what I mean by that is uh, essentially uh, smart technology, like what you were just describing. And smart technology has been, uh, I think a lot of consumers have been leaning into this space for a variety of reasons, but really uh, digital transformation in many ways is automation. Uh, it's, it's convenience for the enterprise. It can mean cost savings and efficiencies, but those same words apply to households. So a lot of people in this season of ordering pretty much everything online, a lot of smart doorbells with, with video, you know, video camera capability, obviously, uh, just to make sure that those packages are safe and secure and uh, the so-called port, avoid the porch pirates, uh, if you like. But uh, so many other technologies, digital assistants, uh, people creating digital grocery lists and shopping lists and, and using digital assistance more, obviously streaming audio, a lot of, a lot of content coming through, a variety of smart TVs and so forth when we think about streaming services, and uh, just rising adoption of, of telemedicine, obviously in, in this season, has been a, a real godsend for, for a number of folks being able to consult with their physician remotely, safely. And uh, that those are all trends that we expect to continue. And so what I'm saying is, is that the health crisis has accelerated so many pre-existing consumer and enterprise technology trends. And the, the main idea is that we haven't really retreated from these positions, even as the economy starts to open back up and, and the vaccine rollout propagates and so forth. And we look towards returning to, to, to life as normal. Uh, but we're not going to we're not going to go back to to that way of life. I think I think really the the consumer digital experience is forever changed. And again, we're not going to retreat from these positions. We're not going to put down telemedicine. We're not going to put down uh, online shopping. Uh, a lot of these behaviors are going to stick, uh, and that's what's really interesting and uh, and has been so transformative in this season. 
Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the current global pandemic that still seems really to be consuming all of our lives right now. And, you know, it, it kind of feels like you can't really go about your day without thinking about how COVID-19 is really impacting your life. But, and, you know, that kind of has me th wondering about how COVID-19 has really impact made an impact on consumer spending habits and, you know, any trends that you've seen there in light of this unfortunate uh, circumstance we find ourselves in. Yeah, yeah, well said, yes. And I think uh, there have been a number of impacts to consumer spending. And I think first and foremost, we need to acknowledge the uh, quotient of economic hardship in Canada uh, and US and so many other countries around the world. People losing jobs or are basically on, on uh, furlough. Uh, and with, with this kind of, per, this roller coaster of open up lockdown, open up lockdown, very, very disruptive. However, there is uh, uh, another segment of, of consumers where employment and, and income uh, has remained intact. And so essentially, uh, I think at the headwaters of the crisis, we were expecting just with all the economic disruption, we, we were expecting really consumer spending to pull back, but actually the, the reverse happened. Uh, spending accelerated uh, in a number of sectors. And so what I'm saying is, is that really, Spending, uh, we, we've seen two things. We, we've seen spending patterns shift from kind of the, the pre-crisis to kind of the during crisis. And it'll be interesting to see to what extent those spending patterns stick as we exit the crisis. Uh, the other thing that's happened is the savings rate has really gone through the roof. Uh, a lot of, because why? Well, because people aren't going out to eat as much. They're not traveling as much. Maybe they used to spend several thousand dollars on an international holiday. Not doing that. So, so that's freed up a lot of discretionary income. And a number of industries uh, across the economy have benefited. And, and obviously, technology is one of those. A lot of people taking advantage of, of freed up discretionary income to upgrade a TV or buy more smart technology. Like I said, let's get a smart doorbell uh, so that we can we can see packages delivered and we know if someone's at the door and so forth. So there are some myriad examples of this. Uh, but again, also uh, home improvement is another sector. A lot of people, you know, spending more time at home, like, well, I, I you know, it's about time I fixed that. And I, and I, I worked on this and, and did these things. So home improvement is another area that has just been lit up. Uh, by the health crisis from a, a spending standpoint. And, and third, I would say grocery, with not eating out as much, people are cooking more at home. So, so grocery, this is why I think a lot of grocers have, uh, have actually had to staff up in some cases. And then, of course, the restaurants, we've got you know, the, the DoorDashes and Uber Eats and, and things that are operating. But uh, really, spending patterns shifting uh, to a great extent. And we think some of that will, will stick even as old habits resume. And what I mean by that is, is certainly travel. I mean, a lot of people want to travel, look forward to traveling again. So that's one sector I think that will start to perk as we, as we exit the crisis. People are going to want to go visit loved ones. They're going to want to take a holiday to the beach or, or whatever it is, uh, just because they've been cooped up at home for so many months. Uh, but uh, there are probably another a, a number of other sectors, restaurants in particular, that that you know dining out, dining out experience uh, that hasn't really been 100% uh, safe, maybe uh, in this season. So 
that's a, that's the view. And, and what will happen with spending or sorry, savings rates? Well, those will probably come down as people, as the economy opens up, people have more opportunities to, to spend dollars. Uh, so that in, that savings rate will probably come back down. And that's one of those behaviors that will probably return to more of a normal pattern post-crisis. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting that you bring up, uh, you know, the, these kind of consumer spending habits, because, you know, during this pandemic, with me being home a lot more, I decided to use this time to install a ring at, in um, in my front, my front door. And, you know, like you would think that that would be something that I would have done prior to the pandemic, you know, when I was going to work every day, when I was going out, when I wasn't home as much, but, you know, I decided to use that time because, you know, I'm earlier in our conversation, you mentioned Porsche pirates. I'm online shopping a lot more these days and some nights I don't feel like cooking. So I'm ordering food. I want to know, you know, if someone's trying to steal my stuff or if the delivery guy is coming to that coming to the house or like if I'm caught up in something. And so I think it's funny that, you know, you know, the assumption is that you would install that when you're not home, but it has a myriad of uh, benefits while you are home. And I think that a lot more people are kind of in that same mindset of, I think this is essential for me right now. Yeah. And that's a great word essential. There are a number of technologies. I think that uh, a lot in the the calculus of, of uh, looking at these things, people have, really come to the conclusion that, yeah, we, we need this. And like you said, they're, they're home, so they're thinking more about it. Their, their, their itinerant lives have just stopped. And, and so they're thinking about these things more and they have freed up in, income to spend uh, on these devices. So yeah, so that's why I said the technology sector has, has benefited massively. And, and really this was, uh, this was a, a multi-part dynamic. I mean, at, at the headwaters of the crisis, it was hard to find a laptop, wasn't it? And certainly a web camera. Uh, and then monitors. I mean, there was just stockouts uh, all across Canada and the U.S. Uh, as people really coped with the sudden collision of homework and school, everybody was at home. Everybody needed a, a computer and a monitor and so forth. And after that, after we kind of got settled into this, this new kind of at-home pattern, well, what else is there? And, and well, I think another device that we saw just uh, actually record sales over the past year were TVs. Now, why do I say that? Well, one thing is upgrading the flagship display and, and family movie night is great. We endorse that, but maybe not every night. So <laughs> households adding TVs, especially households with kids. Okay, kids, you have that TV. You can play your Xbox and, and mom and dad are going to watch their movie or, or, or whatnot. On the, on the main TV. So I'm expecting to see, and when we do some more research, which we're actually in the midst of right now, uh, an assessment of tech ownership across Canada and the US, the average number of TVs per owner household probably is gonna go up uh, for the reason that I mentioned, so many households adding TVs. And then it just goes on from there, upgrading audio, adding a, a number of smart devices, cameras, like you said, uh, but also another sector that has really blossomed in the, the middle of this crisis, and it makes sense, are what we describe as health, uh, healthy home technologies, if I can get my words out, uh, <laughs> healthy home technologies. So these are things like uh, air filtration systems, uh, UV light sanitization systems, and uh, e even water purification. Really, our research at CTA has found that, that households across the U.S. and Canada are much more aware not only consumers are, are certainly more aware of their personal well-being, uh, but 
households, you know, they want to they want to maintain a healthy home environment too. So this is why, in some cases, it's been difficult to find an air purifier, uh, and and consumers are looking at at other ways to to keep their their homes. Robotic vacuums is another example. Uh, so again, digital transformation of the home. You know, instead of vacuuming the house once a week, you know, we've got a Roomba now, and and it it runs every other day and keeps things tidy. That's helpful. Uh, so all that's to say, uh, the digital transformation of the Canadian household has been happening over the past uh, 12 months and change, as well as certainly the enterprise. A lot of a lot of businesses having to port operations into the cloud. There's been a race to cloud. So that's really the name of the game in this health crisis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of branching off that idea of, you know, being healthy and taking care of yourselves. I don't know if it's the same where you are, Steve, but mm -hmm. here in Toronto, for the better part of the last year, our gyms have been closed. And so for a lot of people where the gym has really been a kind of a sanctuary or like a good place to kind of unwind at the end of the day, they really kind of lost that space. And so just, you know, for both myself and with um, the people in my circle and just what I've noticed that a lot more people are taking smart fitness into account and really kind of investing in that kind of technology. And so I'm just curious about if you've seen, if, you know, some kind of like smart products that have really been driving the market or that consumers are really taking an interest in, especially in the past year. Well, what you're describing is really uh, smart or connected fitness devices and, and products. And yes, that is a sector that has, has really blossomed uh, in this season for obvious reasons, like you said, with gym closures and so forth. And so this is one of those dynamics that it will be interesting to watch that space and see if consumers stick with that modality or if they return back to the gym once those are, are open uh, not only just just open for for access, but really open up in, in more of a normal uh, kind of pre-crisis capacity. Will will people still ride their Peloton uh, on on a daily basis or whatnot? But yes, you do hear a lot of that, and I, I think this is another uh, element of what I described uh, earlier, where our research has shown that there is certainly an elevated quotient of awareness about personal well-being and so forth for very obvious reasons, but more I think people staying at home, they, they don't have a commute anymore. Uh, and so they've got more time to, to pursue leisure activities, hobbies, but also fitness. And so this is another reason why I think we're, we're seeing uh, connected sports equipment and exercise equipment uh, really pop up a, across more Canadian and US households. People have the time and they, but they, you know, they don't wanna go outside maybe, that, that's what I do, actually. I'm, I'm very low tech. I just I just put my running shoes on and, and go outside. Uh, but too, a lot of people, you know, yeah, a lot of people like uh, the connected. And, and the, the good news here is, is that there's so many choices and, and so many brands and, and not just bikes, not just treadmills, a lot of different uh, connected technologies for fitness. And of course, you have the smartwatches and fitness trackers to go with that. Which, is all, which have also become very important in this crisis. People wanting to, just for simple health reasons, you know, with a wearable, uh, understand, you know, so what is my, my, my pulse rate? Uh, what is my blood oxygen level? And just constantly monitoring that uh, just for, for health reasons. But you put all this stuff together uh, and we have a very digitized consumer 
And again, it's going to be interesting to see if, if those fitness behaviors, if people still continue to work out at home or if they go back to the gym. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with the, the wearable like technology, like the Apple watch, there's even some capabilities there where, you know, for say, if you're separated from your loved ones, you can track, if, you know, if they have like a, a heart de- heart defect or and you, you want to monitor that, you can do that through the watch. And so I think that that fitness uh, technology, it's definitely evolving to be timely for the current pandemic that we're living in. Yeah, and strategically, you know, there I think two of the, the big issues in consumer technology that we will work out in this decade are privacy and security. Now, security, you know, we hear a lot about with various hacks happening, uh, it seems like almost on a month-in, month-out basis. But so cybersecurity is certainly one thing where we're seeing a lot of innovation, a lot of, a lot of things happening. We saw that at CES 2021, a number of uh, companies uh, touting advanced cybersecurity measures and so forth. But privacy, like what you just mentioned about sharing pretty personal information, I think this is starting to, basically that one, one of the products of the health crisis will be that people are a little bit more open to sharing personal details uh, and, and maybe not just with the general public, but certainly with more of, of, of a circle of trusted friends or families. So what I'm saying is hopefully people are a little bit more relaxed and, and they can take advantage of these features, which requires sharing your location or, or some other bit of personal data. Uh, but they're probably going to want to know that that data is secure and safe. So privacy and security really are two big issues, I think, that we'll tackle this decade. But privacy, certainly, uh, I think, on the consumer front is, uh, is probably very, very top of mind because people become more and more aware of just how much of their, their digital lives are, are out there. And I'm not just talking about Facebook, uh, but, but really just you know, how much information is out there. So uh, it's a big topic and, and one that no doubt uh, you know, the Canadian government, the US government are, are looking at, but the consumers are looking at. And, and what we would endorse at CTA is that Canadians and Americans alike can can really be self-policing and self-regulating and and industry can be self-regulating and just being transparent about how data is used. And we're starting to see that more, aren't we? Uh, You still have to tick that box when you buy something online. That's just a a legal requirement. But but online merchants that are more, uh, I think, transparent say, look, here's the the Cliff Notes versions. We're not going to share your data. We, We only collect what we absolutely need. And after so much time, you know, we delete that information or, or whatnot. Or, or you can tell us if, if you want us to share that or not, uh, or we just categorically don't share it. So they're more transparent about this. And that gives the consumer confidence. And I think it's those businesses that will succeed moving forward versus those who, where it's more ambiguous. Like, well, what do they do with my data? As, as soon as I ordered this product, now I'm starting to see Google ads pop up all over the place. And I'm starting to get all these magazines that I never even ordered. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm just thinking about a comment that you made earlier about how, you know, with this pandemic, people aren't really driving into work or using their car that much. But I'm just so curious about, you know, especially when it relates to uh, smart uh, automotive uh, technology, you know, are you really seeing any development in in that space with people not driving as much? Is there any upgrades that people are doing during this time? Yeah, well, that that's uh, kind of been a, a, a a dichotomy in, in, in as it pertains to vehicle tech, because uh, on the one hand, uh, there's a lot going on. And on the other hand, there's not a lot going on. <laughs> so 
meaning that people aren't, yes, aren't driving, but more, they're not using public transportation as much. That's, that's been, I think, the biggest thing. People still get in their cars and, you know, go to the grocery store or, or, or go for a shop or do something, get out. I've, I've heard of so many people just, we, we just got in the car and went for a drive. But yes, uh, much less use of vehicles. But like I said, on the, on the other hand, there has been a lot happening. And we saw this at CES. And I would, I would say really, really at the salient of, of innovation when it comes to, to vehicle technology has to be electrification. And electrification, of course, we're talking about electric vehicles. Notably at CES 2021, Mary Barra, who's CEO of General Motors in her keynote, really described GM's all-electric future. So what that means is, is that as we have each new model year, more and more GM cars, each model year is going to be increasingly punctuated with electric vehicles. And, and this is congruent really across the whole vehicle OEM landscape. Uh, Asian and, and European uh, car makers have already said, look, we're, we're, we're going to stop production of, of, of petrol-powered engines you know, by 2030 or, or something like this. So really they're moving in that direction. And electrification is kind of taking a back seat from a tech, tech trend perspective uh, a little bit to, to self-driving vehicles. That's another area that is, that is advancing quite rapidly. Uh, that's really been the focus, I think. Uh, a lot of these self-driving features as well, when we think about Tesla Autopilot and GM Super Cruise, you, know, you still have to sit there, but you can take your hands off the wheel and, and the vehicle pretty much drives itself. But apart from self-driving vehicles and electrification, yes, uh, what we describe in the industry as advanced driver assistance uh, features are, are systems, uh, ADAS, and these are all these safety systems. And I'm not talking just backup cameras, but, but sensors really around the vehicles. New vehicles these days are festooned with sensors and it has everything to do with vehicle safety. The, the vehicle can really perceive the environment around around itself, uh, and that's helpful for the driver for blind spot detection, active lane keeping, uh, another feature that's becoming very popular. And I would say five years ago, th those features were really in the top tier uh, of, of, of vehicles, uh, more, the more expensive, more premium, they were maybe available as an option for some mid-tier, but now they're, they're really starting to filter down. Some of this has been you know, related to, to, to regulatory requirements, but, but but most of it has just been competition. Why? Because consumers want that. Yeah. Who doesn't want to, to have more safety features and be able to drive safer? Uh, you know, I think uh, nobody said you know, that they wanted, I want to drive more dangerously. <laughs> so, so these- <laughs> I hope they're these, not saying that. Yeah, yeah. So these features are, are gaining popularity and our research at CTA has shown time and time again that once consumers have experience with these, they, they fully endorse them shocker i mean this is this is great you know uh so that's those are some of the major themes we'll see more and more electric vehicles as we move through the decade uh and the charging stations to go with them and also the battery technology uh, is going to get better and better faster charging uh longer range uh on a charge uh these things so those are some trends that we can expect moving forward as well as more self-driving vehicles and, and that's going to be an interesting space to watch and I think one of the more interesting spaces thereof are is in uh, long distance logistics, uh, at least in America and Canada. Now I can't speak to the rest of the world, but we have a, a real shortage of long haul truckers. You know, very few uh, people, you know, fancy a career if they, you know, from driving from New Brunswick to, to British Columbia. 
so you know that's you know across across the nation or are from from Maine to California. I mean this this, but I mean we have that. But I think that's an arena where we'll start to see, and this is the point I'm coming to, is that we'll see probably more self-driving automation in some of those sectors, as well as first and last mile transportation. So shorter distances, maybe in downtown Toronto, we'll have some self-driving taxis that can take you around just in that kind of local, local uh, geo-fenced, if you like, uh, downtown area of Toronto. Uh, and then maybe eventually uh, in, in another 10 years or so, the capabilities will allow us to, you know, where it could take you, you know, say all the way down to Hamilton <laughs> uh, from Toronto, uh, you know, which would be, you know, quite a drive, but uh, it would be an, uh, instead of uh, taking an Uber with an Uber driver, you may be still taking an Uber, but it may be a self-driving Uber. <laughs> it's crazy to think of how technology will evolve. And, you know, on that note, I'm asking you to pull out your crystal ball, Steve. And, you know, when you kind of look into that, how do you predict that the smart tech market will evolve in the years to come? And in what ways do you think that it will stay the same? Well, uh, first of all, I think we have to establish that the last decade was about IoT and the Internet of Things. And, and this decade is really about a new IoT, the intelligence of things. And that, that new term, intelligence of, of things, really bears testimony to the fact that we're adding intelligence to pretty much every bit of technology that we have. And it's really a broader uh, across the broader economy. So the smart technology market is going to continue to grow. It, uh, AI is going to continue to advance in capabilities, which is to say our devices will get increasingly smarter and more intelligent. They'll be able to take up new tasks. Now, if you bridge this to robotics, self-driving vehicles, which ostensibly is kind of like a robot on four wheels uh, in many ways, you can start to trend cast how we're confronted with a very automated and intelligent future. Uh, a lot of repetitive tasks, unsafe tasks will be taken up uh, by autonomous systems. Uh, and that's already starting to happen. Also thinking about logistics, drone deliveries. And this isn't just science fiction. It's not just ready player one type stuff. Uh, this is going to happen and it's going to happen. And, and those countries that that make that happen will really, I think, be at the vanguard of the global economy because this is this is what it takes to compete in the 21st century is is really smart technology, not just in at the in the home, but of course in the enterprise. And we're starting to see a lot of machine learning, deep learning applications filter out across the economy from from agriculture to manufacturing, entertainment, uh, all these sectors robotic process automation, natural language processing, another thing thinking about digital assistants like Google Assistant as one example, those, those systems are gonna become more intuitive, uh, easier to use, and they'll be able to do more for us. And consumers, according to our research, generally speaking, uh, I, think, I think today some people find that cool and other people find that creepy. But I think on the whole, as consumers gain experience, with these smart technologies, they, they tend to endorse them. And that's something I've seen in my entire tech career over the past 25 years, is that any, any kind of emerging tech that's not fully understood, people don't know, well, why do I need that? Or I don't really know what it does. And so they're kind of skeptical. But once they get familiar, uh, really favorability and sentiment changes rapidly. So we're gonna have uh, a lot more smart tech uh, in our homes, in our workplace, uh, and around town. Uh, thinking about smart cities, smart Toronto, 
Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be to the benefit of all. It's going to keep us safer. It's going to make things more convenient, uh, which will save time for, for, more, for more runs outside uh, and things like that. Uh, so it's going to be a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, it just sounds like it's just going to keep getting better as, as time goes on and it's going to keep innovating and keep people on their toes and excited to buy, to buy correct? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, consumers endorse options, but they abhor complexity is an axiom that I've said for, for years and years. And when it comes to digital assistance, they, they have so many advancing capabilities and ways to make life simpler. I mean, one, one case in point, uh, a digital shopping list you know, as you move through the week uh, and you're, you're running out of milk or eggs or whatnot, so you can just, just tell your digital assistant, hey, add that to the shopping list, add that instead of the old way of having to write everything down and kind of keep track of it. And then just at the end of the week, when you're ready to execute, just say, okay, order my stuff. <laughs> so, so things like that. And that's just kind of a, a maybe a, a very uh, simple example, but but generally speaking, when anything that makes people's lives easier, safer, healthier, uh, is, is generally endorsed by consumers. And this is what smart technology is going to do for us. And, and on the healthier front, AI, by the way, is already being used in medicine for, for diagnosis, uh, also in science. You know, AI doesn't sleep. It can continue to work on problems that, you know, the scientists, you know, have to take some time off from now, now, now and again. So AI is already being applied. And uh, I'll, I'll say it. I, I think that probably when it comes to finding a cure for cancer, it's going to be a human machine partnership. Of course, they're going to be scientists, uh, and, but there will probably be some quotient of artificial intelligence involved that is working out problems uh, alongside humans. And, and that's what I just said. Human machine partnerships is, is another way to think about the future, certainly over the next 10 years and 20 years, is what we can expect. Again, not only in our homes, but, but also in the workplace and, and around town. More human-machine partnerships, machines working alongside humans in a variety of capacities. Uh, and uh, some of those will be virtual, like with a digital assistant, and, and others will be robots or a self-driving car. But it's going to be a fantastic future uh, and not just science fiction, and I look forward to it. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really enjoyed getting to know you and I hope that we can meet in person at CES 2022. Sounds good to me. Been great speaking with you as well. Thanks for the time. Please stay tuned to future episodes of Smart Homes, the podcast. Please check out www.canadiansmarthomes.ca for the latest information about all things smart homes and technology.